everyone, and thank you so much for joining us today on the King's Crowd Startup Investor Podcast. Today, we have a very special guest in Henry Yoshida, who is the co-founder and CEO of Rocket Dollar. Rocket Dollar is an alternative IRA that enables you to invest efficiently uh, into alternative investment opportunities. Uh, I have gotten the very great privilege of getting to know Henry over the past several years. We founded our companies around the same time, trying to support this new online private market ecosystem. And it's been an absolute pleasure getting to know him. And I think you'll really enjoy learning more about himself and what his team is up to. So with Thank that, you. I'd love to kick it off. Henry, so nice to have you here with us today. Thanks a lot, Chris. Uh, happy to be here. You know, Happy to be able to do this from my house. It's kind of nice and comfortable. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm loving your office and I know others don't get to see it, but you have some amazing things in the background. Um, so I'm, I'm enjoying the view. It's a good time. But Henry, would love to uh, hear from you. Just, you know, for those who don't know you, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you're up to at Rocket Dollar. Yeah. So, you know, I've actually had a pretty siloed professional career. So pretty much right after I graduated college, uh, I went straight in. I've been in the financial services industry. So I did that for 15 years. So 10 years at Merrill, five years in my own shop. Uh, I sold my own shop to a much bigger investment firm. And then from there, I pivoted. So since then, I've been building these fintech products. So this is my second startup uh, in the fintech space, always around IRAs, tax advantaged accounts, uh, and investing. So it's just kind of, I guess, in a way, maybe what I was built to do. Uh, and now, my current project is Rocket Dollar, which is is going really, really well. And you know, we were just talking about this. We just announced our Series A fundraise, so something we were talking about in setting up this podcast today. So really excited for the future of the company. That's outstanding. So eight million dollars Series A, very, very impressive. Um, what have you been building, and where are you all at now? Yeah, so up to now, we built a, we, we are a product company right now, and our one product is a alternatives capable IRA. So let me kind of explain. Uh, I think a lot of people know, especially your audience, what an alternative investment is. And then a lot of people that have worked at a job or have a little bit of investments uh, on the side and savings know what an IRA is. But what's actually very hard to do is to make an alternative investment inside of an IRA or make an alternative investment with IRA dollars. So the genesis and uh, the naming of Rocket Dollar is essentially just that. So we let people go to different places and do different things and go further with their money, hence the term Rocket uh, related to these IRA accounts, which are typically made up of cash and investments today in public market securities. So that's what our product is. And, and you know we're just opening up this new style of investing uh, which is alternative investments, but utilizing an account structure that people typically already have to the, tunes of, to the tune of $13 trillion today in the U.S. alone. Very, very cool. So for those that don't know, you know, when we talk about alternatives, right, we're talking about startups and real estate and all of these other various new things that are becoming possible through securitization and online marketplaces where you can go and own and invest in small portions of larger assets uh, or investment opportunities. Uh, first off, we'd love to hear, you know, the advantage of using an IRA when investing in these potentially high growth investment opportunities. Sure. It, you know, coming up in the industry, uh, one thing I did notice about, let's say you're, you're big institutional alternative investors. So think your private equity, think your big venture funds and so forth. And what's really funny if you study them 
the, the largest investors inside of private equity and venture funds. So let's just say that that's the, the highest institutional level of these alternative investments. The anchor investors in most of these funds are actually entities that have very good tax treatment and have very long time horizons. So now when you distill this down to the individual investor level, you have this wave, increasing wave of alternative investments, and they use a site like King's Crowd to be able to help uh, locate and identify good investments for them or have some analysis behind it, that most people don't have the ability to use their own personal long-term money with good tax treatment to go into these alternative investments. That money actually sits at the individual level in an IRA account. Uh, we could talk a little bit about the mechanics of that account and why that is the case. And it was just this realization that the most sophisticated money going into the most sophisticated alternative investments at the highest level, which could be determined by dollar or sophistication, is actually long-term money with good tax treatment. But when you're an individual, it's almost impossible to do that when you want to make an alternative investment. And now we're going to change that, or we have changed that. So... Another thing that you do that we should hit on is I remember I actually looked into utilizing IRA to, you know, invest in some startups. Um, and my goodness, was it an absolute disaster. The paperwork, all of the asks, it was nearly impossible to work with an online marketplace. They couldn't get out of their own way. It was like this incredibly burdensome process. And I will tell you that if you go to most IRA providers, and you even just look at their user interface of how they want you to interact with their product to be able to take your own money, by the way, and then <laughs> invest in these alternative investment opportunities. It was nearly impossible. And eventually I just gave up on even trying to do it with the provider that I had. Sure. Um, so I know the challenges of what it looks like. It's just they're not built for enabling people to make these types of investment opportunities very efficiently or easily. Now yeah. with this frictionless world of investing that we're seeing, right, on the republics and the we funders and all these places into startups and other things, um, having that friction-filled experience on the front end when you're trying to get your IRA dollars into these investment opportunities can just be a real disaster. So talk to me a little bit about how you're solving for that problem and making the experience much easier for investors who do want to invest in these other alternatives. Yeah, it, it, you know, the current players, the ones that you're referencing, and, and we'll, uh, we'll leave them unnamed. Uh, I, I would actually argue that it's not as if they didn't have the ability to make this experience easier for you. And for us, and probably a lot of the new tech, it almost starts with an attitude. So the attitude for the legacy providers that you're talking about was that I think they understand and know that their capability, which is helping people use monies that they already have uh, uh, to go into deals that they've already identified, is a really, really powerful sort of value proposition. And their attitude is that they take it for granted in that, well, because our value proposition is so great, I don't need to make it great, easy, or delightful for Chris Lustrino or anyone else for that matter. And for us, it just starts with attitude that, hey, this is the 21st century, it's technology's available, and we care about that end customer. So we should use that technology with the customer in mind and say, hey, we have this great value proposition on the one side, but if we can combine that with a great user experience and make it easy for them, it's a win-win for everybody. It's a win-win for the investment issuer who gets new monies, uh, whether that be on a platform like Republic, WeFund, or Net Capital, and others uh, of which you work with, or uh, also to the end customer and even to us as the provider, right? Because we're going to end up winning winning the day 
because we've been a value add to all three components of this relationship. And, and for us, when we say use technology, it almost starts with the attitude that, that customers should come first, customer experience should be top of mind. And from there, use the technical tools that are available today to build that experience, to then get to this end value proposition, which is pretty amazingly powerful uh, now. Just a lot more investments, a lot of money sitting out there on the sidelines in these IRA accounts. Right. No, I couldn't agree more. I know I was talking to an investor recently and, you know, they were thinking about putting in five or 10K. They're like, but actually, if I could use my IRA, I'd put in, you know, 50 or 100K. And it's just because we have these large pools of money kind of sitting there. And it's like, well, what do we invest in? Um, and if they have the opportunity to take those IRA dollars and put them to work for the long term, which makes all the sense in the world, sure. it's a really, really interesting value proposition for folks. So tell us a little bit about, you know, your growth trajectory. You've come a long way since kind of founding the company. Um, how have you gone about kind of growing the business and getting to where you are today? Yeah, you know, my, my own background coming from financial services, I had a lot of, I guess, pressure, maybe early backers of the company or early people that I pursued as backers for the company really thought that, hey, we should go and try to establish these enterprise partnerships. So really try to become a white label provider for the existing financial services industry and that's how you should start you'll get your first like 1000 customers that way and, and our attitude was that you know again going back to the attitude of customer first uh, we actually decided to probably forego maybe early growth and say that you know if we actually put up our website and our brand at rocketdollar.com and go get the customers directly there are relationships there are customers directly that didn't come by virtue or by way of a partnership that we're actually going to use their feedback and sort of uh, whether good bad or indifferent, but brutally honest feedback in a lot of cases, because it's a direct relationship to further iterate and, and develop our product offering. So to date, we've been very, you know, one-to-one -one, direct to consumer. People go to rocketdollar.com and establish a relationship with us. It's typically not coming through any sort of partnership. Um, and it, it's worked for us. You know, we're, we're now approaching half a billion dollars in overall customer assets. Uh, I think, in the end of 2019, we had registered users or customers in all 50 states. Uh, it's just been growing ever since then. So we're really, really proud. And I think now we finally established the base to say, hey, maybe now there's some institutional or enterprise entities that want to introduce their customer base into our product offering. Uh, but our product offering has really been the result of having direct relationships with thousands of customers and using their feedback and criticisms to actually keep developing either feature sets, uh, feature requests, and sort of, you know, utilizing technical capabilities to make this process easy and, and dare I say, delightful. <laughs> <laughs> and I know you, you also did a raise on Republic. Um, it, I don't know if it was a year or two ago now. Yeah. Um, so you've been getting feedback from, a, I guess, multiple channels, both from customers and then investors slash customers, right? Um, so tell us a little bit about that experience, how you decided to do it, um, and what that was like. Yeah, it, it was really important for us that, that you know, all this stuff I've talked about where, you know, we've really put our customer and end user first. Uh, we, we also decided that, hey, it makes a lot of sense for us to give at least at one point in time of the life cycle of this business an opportunity for those customers to maybe invest in us. So a lot of people that participated uh, in our campaign were actually people that were existing customers. So we... We didn't do a lot of the marketing out, I would say. We really wanted it as an opportunity to let people uh, who've been early users of our product have a chance to be a participant in the company. 
And to your point, and you asked that question. So we did this in April of last year. So that's about a year, a year and five months ago from now. And because we just announced the Series A raise, you know, we've been able to offer a, a an actual official markup uh, to those people. So they've actually made a pretty good, significant gain. Uh, that's fantastic. That uh, well, I know I was really excited when I saw Rocket Dollar on Republic, and I think it's a, a wonderful story. Um, so you have this eight million dollar raise. What are going to be kind of the use of funds? Where do you go from here? So for us, uh, it, it's going to be to further the product development, which of course that trickles down into us needing to add more headcount. Um, and then secondarily, it'll be to establish additional distribution channels. But again, the distribution channels kind of come by virtue of, of, hey, you have a product, you have a product that's being utilized and used by an end consumer base. So those partners actually kind of come to you more or less, especially since we kind of view ourselves as a conduit to accessing additional capital. So if you're an issuer and you offer an investment online, you're probably, you probably have a goal to get more capital coming through. If you're a financial advisor RAA channel, for example, you probably want to make sure that you have enough tools in your toolbox to be able to properly uh, um, have a broad offering to your entire consumer base or customer base. And so then that'll draw you to us as well. So for us, the $8 million is going to really be used to just making our product better, uh, doubling down on the infrastructure and scalability of that platform. So we can then go to you know, a six-figure number of customers, seven-figure, and even eight. Uh, so we recently brought in a couple of key executive hires who'd previously built consumer fintech products for publicly traded companies like Square and Green Dot that you know, he oversaw the product development of, of items or, or widgets that are used by over 100 million people. So that's kind of our end goal. You know, I know that um, some people, there's been this kind of perception that if you raise capital online, you'll never be able to raise from more traditional institutions and investors. Um, you clearly have raised capital online, and now you've gone and raised an $8 million round from institutional investors. Can you tell us a little bit about um, that perception and kind of how you're, you know, demystifying that and, and making that possible? Sure. Uh, you know, it, it's funny. I think I'd heard a lot of what you just talked about in your question after we'd established the campaign. But, you know, from our perspective, we just thought, well, it's a no-brainer, right? I mean, we have customers who have already paid us to become our customer who, in our case, because of the product that we offer, have then put some amount of money to be held in our custody so they can make investments into alternatives using their Rocket Dollar IRA. And so the way we just viewed it, it was a natural extension to maybe give these people an opportunity to maybe become a small stakeholder in the company. Then the moment you do it, you, you do hear the stigma. Uh, oddly enough, you know, the people that came in and led our, our $8 million Series A, the institutions and the follow-on investors, and then there's one strategic in there in the form of a major crypto exchange, um, it actually, quite frankly, never came up. Uh, as a matter of fact, I mean, they just kind of viewed it. They didn't ask any questions about it. I think they just saw that if your company is doing well, then there's always an opportunity to have an institutional investor come on board. And I didn't view that the crowdfunding campaign was any sort of detriment to that. As a matter of fact, if I was asked, I was really prepared to just say, hey, we actually wanted to give our customers the opportunity to invest in us. Yeah. Um, and they're not in aggregate, they're not going to be a, a gigantic large part because they're not institutional investors, but they probably, you know, have a little more validation. I mean, anyone who chooses to give us their own personal money is not an institutional investor who has to deploy money. Right. In the deal. Yeah. So I would actually argue it might even be better validation. 
couldn't agree with you more. I think that's a, a wonderful story and example that first off, capital is a commodity, wherever you can get it, I think institutional investors will respect. Two, if you perform well, that's the only thing that really matters to institutional investors, right? It's like, if you do well, people are gonna wanna give you more money and be involved in the business. Exactly. Um, now you've had prior success. So I would love to hear a little bit about your experience building Honest Dollar and, and hear from you, you know, what, how that helped inform how you're building this company today. Yeah, well, uh, Honest Dollar, it's kind of interesting. So in, <laughs> that was a company that I started in 2014, uh, had a team, we raised a $3 million institutional round and we were shopping for a series A, but uh, we ended up getting some inbound interest unsolicited from potential acquirers of the IP. So the ultimate sort of uh, suitor that we went with was the consumer division of Goldman Sachs, which most people publicly know as Marcus internally, it's called CIMD and you struck a deal with them. But the in-between what I just explained from the raising of the round, there were a lot of things that we didn't know and the, arguably a lot of things that we messed up as a startup. So. The learnings that I took from that company into Rocket Dollar were probably the failings and things that I can improve on. Uh, at, on one level, it was to me as a leader. And on the second level, it was as a business owner and a product creator. So let me start first with uh, you know, kind of me and my development. I just realized that the people who get up every morning, log into the computer and work for Rocket Dollar are the people that, you know, they're your family, you know, you gotta, you gotta be looking out for them. And that's one of the things I learned, uh, you know, from my experiences, I would say that we kind of separated quite a bit in the last startup. So in this one, it was really incumbent on me to make sure that we were all together as a team, not knowing exactly how this journey is gonna go uh, and putting them first, putting them in a lot of cases ahead of the investors, because they're the ones here day-to-day -day building the product and sacrificing the opportunity cost of, it could be somewhere else, working sure. for someone else, earning money somewhere else. Um, and then on the product side, that we really developed this concept around these alternatives capable IRAs, because it really allowed me to capitalize on an industry that I knew, which I had some context in, to build a product that actually had a very, really good ratio of uh, tenure and lifetime value of the customer overlaid against a, a customer acquisition cost, which is just a natural part of doing business. It costs money to acquire a customer, whether you're selling food, whether you're selling clothes, whether you're selling software, uh, whether you're selling IRAs and so forth. So a lot of these business lessons were that, hey, this is a really good product. It, 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 it goes after a consumer demographic that is choosing to make an alternative private investment inside of a somewhat long-term account, which means that I get to keep the customer and develop that relationship and they pay me to do so. So it's revenue generating, long-term customer. And if I hadn't done my last business, uh, although it kind of almost, we messed up in a lot of ways into an exit to a great company, um, it really informed and made us more powerful in starting this one. You know, there, there's something to be said for, uh, for having experience, there's no doubt. Good, bad, and otherwise, experience sure. is a very, very powerful tool. That's well, right. this has been an incredibly informative discussion. Um, last thing, just to wrap it up here, um, for those who are interested in what Rocket Dollar is up to, where should they go? What should they do to get started with working with Rocket Dollar? Sure. Uh, I think I mentioned it before, but the website at rocketdollar.com is the best way. And I would say that, hey, you're not going there to initially buy a product from us. I would go there first with the intent to learn get educated and maybe decide if this particular product is right for you. There's a whole bunch of information there. Uh, it's not quite King's crowd level information uh, because you're an information and data company, 
but uh, we do a pretty good job of explaining, you know, the mechanics of the account, determining whether it's right for you and what you can do with it and what you can't do with it and so forth. And I think people that go through that journey and, and give us a chance to kind of read some things on there, they ultimately end up coming back as a customer to buy. Um, and that's usually dependent on having a great deal. But the good thing about America today is that there's a lot of great alternative deals uh, to be made and so forth. So that, that's where you find us. Well, thank you so much, Henry. This has been wonderful. You've heard it here first. Go to rocketdollar.com if you want to learn more. Um, they have a wonderful product. I think it's really powerful for those of you who are actively investing in these alternative markets. Um, I'm a huge fan. I love what you're up to. Uh, and it's great to be on this journey in this market with you. So thank you so much, Henry, for all that you do for the industry too. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate it. Hey, have a wonderful day. Take thank care. Thank you. Now.